0: friends and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan and I'm Shereen and we are closing out dystopian fiction month here on the podcast yes. also on the website over at fullybooked.ca so you guys are welcome to check out everything we've got going on over there should you want to right and to close things off we figured that we would have a talk today about kind of the most, I guess, common tropes in dystopian fiction, kind of what they are, how to spot them, because they're in everything, Um, and... I guess also kind of talk about why it is that they don't seem to change very much over time or they haven't seemed to.
1: And if they have, in what ways have they changed? Yeah, that's it. Like,
0: what is different now? Mm -hmm. What do we focus on as opposed to now as opposed to what we focused on 50 years ago Yeah, kind of thing and what what that looks like now. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to have a chat about all of that today. But before we get started, Shireen, do you have anything on
1: your nightstand right now? Yes, but I haven't started it <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, I will pass. What about you, yeah. Megan?
0: <laughs> We're having a great start to the year. <laughs> um, I also just, just started a book, so I can't say I have an opinion about it right now. Um, I just started The Searcher by Tana French. Um This is my first Tana French book, and I'm sure that people who've read a whole bunch of her stuff, she's big in the mystery detective fiction genre, and I'm sure a lot of people will gasp at that, but this is my first one. (laughs) I haven't read any of her stuff yet, so I'm curious to get into this one, but it basically follows a detective who's retired and is moving out to, like, rural Ireland, but is, you know, sucked into a case of a missing boy when he's asked for help and I'm sure everything is not as it seems and stuff it's very it feels like it's going to be one of these that's very like oh it's rainy and cloudy all the time and it just felt appropriate <laughs> it
1: like something that they're going to make a tv series out of on Netflix
0: maybe yeah. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they did I think they've made some of Tana French's stuff into a TV show and I could be incorrect about that but I think they've already done some stuff with her um with her books yeah yeah I'm pretty sure that they have I don't I don't know don't quote me on that but I'm pretty sure that that's already something that's happened because she's a a pretty popular one so fair enough yeah um but I don't think we have anything else to to get into any business or anything to get into so let's just jump right into it and let's let's talk about some tropes tropes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so I think I guess probably one of the biggest ones that you see in the vast majority of dystopian stories anyway is government oppression
1: oh yeah oh boy <laughs> oh yeah like you know you think about dystopia and you think about 1984 um I do anyway yeah and you know it's always like the government has become a totalitarian regime yeah. um They enforce very strict rules. Sometimes they don't explain it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but that's how it is, and people just go along with it. Usually it's because something big and bad has happened, and the government has used this as a reason. As an
0: excuse, kind of, to (laughs) implement like these very severe um, rules and regulations.
1: Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Um, But it's in everything, isn't it?
0: It's, you know, in... 1984 I guess would be like kind of your first one that you go to but it's in everything even if you consider the Hunger Games like everybody's been divided up into different districts and everybody focuses on a different commodity of some sort and depending on where you're placed you're either doing really well or not well at all.
1: And what's always funny is that well funny I'm using air quotes here but you know oftentimes these stories they're triggered because one person started to question why they're doing things this way
0: oh god that's another one too yeah you've always got the one or two people who like put together a little resistance against
1: things and they start to question like why like again you think of fahrenheit 451 yes why are we burning books like nobody really asked the question it was just that's how we do things. It was just now. we're
0: doing this. We burn books, and yeah. we uh, like there is like I guess that even flows into another couple of smaller ones where it's like um like a ban on education yeah. and knowledge because mm-hmm. because and this all stems from that you know sort of government corruption totalitarian regime all of it stems from that because all they want is the power all of the power and so mm-hmm. if you keep people ignorant of things yeah then you'll be able to run all of it and Absolutely. that's what they do.
1: There's actually, um, anybody who's, you know, st- studied any type of literature, there's actually, um, like, nine characteristics of a dystopian society. Um, and I think one of them is really, like, propaganda control, figurehead, um, constant surveillance, yeah, uh, li- living in a dehumanized state, like, that kind of thing. Well, you know? I
0: think that... I guess what you're saying with the propaganda too hand in hand this is something that happens a lot too because of the government stuff hand in hand with the totalitarian regime Mm. is uh, media controlling what's put out to people you know.
1: Well that's what makes this type of literature so jarring I think you know when you're a little bit more you know if you're the type of person who's a bit more of a critical thinker and you're looking you know to your own society and what's going on you know you they start to talk about media control and Mm -hmm. like that type of propaganda. And then you look at our own media and really what they do is they just want to feed any information that will get them more clicks and likes and, and whatever that information may be, you know, like I've read headlines in the last couple of days, you know, even the last couple of days for things that are just so, um, unimportant, like, Mm -hmm. um, I think I read a headline the other day. I don't know why it's living so rent-free in my mind, but (laughs) um, it was about this TikToker who said that Taylor Swift wasn't liked at all um, when she was in high school. Okay, But then I went and read the article, and this person was saying that 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 wasn't actually the case. It wasn't actually that nobody liked her. It's that um, Taylor Swift invited everybody in the senior class to go to the Country Music Awards. Like, and I'm just like, why would the headline be something that's completely different Because to what's in the yeah, article?
0: Because it's clickbaity. If that's what I'm saying. You know, like... if you, you see that a ton with news, um, even with platforms like YouTube and stuff, yep. you know, they'll put out something that looks crazy and because the like the people who are doing stuff like this who are like you know like working as youtubers like working as content creators full-time they have to do this because the algorithm tells them like this is how you'll get more clicks
1: well this is it and like when you think about it um going back to any of these popular dystopian novels it's all about how the media controls the messaging going out there yeah the government feeds
0: the media who in turn feeds the population
1: and it makes you wonder, right? Like, it's like, yeah, hmm, like what's well, going on in our own what's lives? What is happening here? with Where, that? Where's the regulations on our own media? But anyway, I digress. No, it's true. Uh. It's true. I do think another thing
0: that comes up a lot in this, and which again is controlled by the government and in turn controlled by the media, is within this dystopian world, a false. Message of utopia is created where it's like, oh well, this is great. Like you know, your your Handmaid's Tale and your Brave New World and stuff, where everybody's like, yeah, but this is wonderful the way we're living now, except for for a lot of people. But sure.
1: Well, I think we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes. You know, like it's it's one of two things: either something big and bad has happened, and the government has had to take control, had to. Yeah, air quotes. Yeah, but they've taken control because of this. big bad thing that happened and then they're kind of saying to the people you're welcome like we're controlling you like this because of the big bad thing that happened and we don't want it to happen again or they're living in a utopia (laughs) kind of like in the giver or you know even to to an extent if you look at the hunger games like some of those um yeah some of those uh, the districts like districts, the first few of them especially they live like in a one utopia. and then probably two and three aren't doing too badly yeah, either so. like they technically live in a utopia yeah. so like then you have the the dystopian fiction that's actually presented as a utopia yeah. but it's very much dystopian in its own way yeah
0: even <laughs> you
1: know like use a disney
0: example but wally has that kind of oh kinda. my god it's
1: so true yeah,
0: yeah. it's just like, oh, no, everybody be ignorant. Everybody be happy floating around on your little chairs yeah. not being able to walk. Slurp your
1: slurpees.
0: Don't communicate with one another properly. Like, you know, don't go through any, don't have any sort of real human interaction because God forbid we speak to each other and have our own ideas yeah. form. Everything is just fed to you.
1: Yep. And I think that that's, you know, a big part of this type of fiction. And it's it's very, like, icky and eerie. Yeah. You know, when you're reading it, you're like, Ugh, Like...
0: Yeah, that's not, it. Not fun. And then what they create, I guess what's created with this, sort of like, oh, everything's so great, mm. um, is like, a a loss of, like, your sense of individualism. Like, Mm. there is no individualism anymore within the society. Everyone is the same. Everyone does the same thing, functions the same way, dresses the same way in certain cases. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. And so you are no longer an individual. You are part of the system of this.
1: Pretty much. Like, uh, people turn, or the government turns all the people into, like, a like a conveyor belt of workers basically yeah. and like everybody has their assigned role and occupation and again like it, it the control is to the point where people don't have to think no for themselves, that's it uh, because everything is defined and everybody knows their place in society again I go back to the giver where they're all told what their jobs are mm-hmm. when they reach a certain age they're told like you are this you are, are this that. you yeah. go do
0: that now and there's never any option to question that right. or to voice one's opinion about it.
1: Exactly. Um if you haven't read The Giver, read it. It's oh yeah, good. it's a good one. It's a really good one actually. Um <clears throat> I think we said that in another one. Probably. Uh, but that also
0: and again, that also comes along with um there being bans on a lot of types of education yeah. and stuff like that. Like, you know, book burnings in Fahrenheit 451 and a lot of others as well, where you know they're limited in the texts that they're allowed to read and what they're allowed to consume and Mm -hmm. what they're you know given the option of because everything needs to be controlled and everything's being controlled by the highest factions of government
1: and with that comes this fear of the outside world right yes everybody's Um,
0: terrified they're they're
1: very afraid of the other because the government you know to to travel, to meet people from another part of the world, it broadens your mind. Yeah. Uh, you start to think differently. So naturally, they wouldn't want anybody interacting with anybody from outside.
0: No. So it does, um, a lot of these stories create their own sense of isolation. Yeah. Because you're like you know, you always can't, you're reading something like this, and you can't help but wonder part of the way through, well, what's going on everywhere else? Yeah. Like, what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the time if they're in the States, for instance, yeah. like, what's going on in every other country in the world,
1: guys? Well, you know, they cover that pretty well in The Handmaid's Tale, you know? That's like, true. Um, they they escape to Canada. Yeah. That's their escape. Because they're like,
0: well, this doesn't happen this over there. This isn't
1: happening over there. Um, and it actually comes up in a lot of dystopian fiction. So we did Chaos Walking*. So the knife of never letting go. Yes, they have an indigenous population. Yes, who isn't as bad as they're told they are. Um, same thing in the Chrysalids. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the Fringes people. Oh yeah, um, and they're not as bad as they made as them they're out made to out to be. be.
0: And everything is—it's all fear mongering. Yes, all the people at the top are like, oh, they are automatically bad, and it is partially why. Um, I guess dystopian fiction does uh, put out a lot of ideas of prejudice and racism and things like that as well because – that is how the governments are also controlling people. Is they're creating the racism and the prejudice yep. by saying, "Oh no, these are scary. They're automatically bad because they're not exactly like us.
1: They're not like us. They're not going to contribute to our society. Basically, so there's there's no benefit to for the government from their no, perspective. No, exactly. There's no benefit of having them involved, um, yeah. and it's going to create strife. Um, 1984 is interesting for this because the whole world is divided into three continents, Mm -hmm. um, which are not quite the same continents as we have. um, And randomly, each continent suddenly decides that they're at war with each other. Um, Oh, yeah. And you're never really sure in 1984 if there is, A, any other continents. Yeah. Or if they're actually involved in any of this, like you know war or anything it's just based on what they're being told i think orwell did like purposely was like yeah "Yeah,
0: you never get to know
1: whether or not
0: like is this real is any of this conflict really real or has it all just been manufactured yeah
1: to, to create an illusion of be happy to be in the place that you are. Yes,
0: exactly. Be grateful. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't and, want to
1: leave. And, you know, he... So Orwell is British and they have a really big problem with like class systems in the UK. Mm-hmm. Even now um where everybody's either working class, middle class or upper class. Yeah. Um and they talk about this in 1984, um they say, you know, they talk about the proletariat, the proles. Oh yeah. Um and they kind of make them out to be like this disgusting population who are uneducated, they're You know, they kind of have sex with whoever they want and they're Mm -hmm. dirty and they're poor. Um, But they say frequently in the book, if there's any hope, it lies with the proles. And really what they're trying to say is that, you know, these small, like small, and I'm using air quotes again, people, the ones who have been put down the most by the government Mm -hmm. to create this whole society, because of their numbers, are the ones who could overthrow all this if only they started to think of things differently. You know, and that's what the governments are all afraid of in these um, dystopian stories. Yes,
0: is that they don't want that percentage of the population to ever decide that they would even have a slight opportunity to have the upper hand. Exactly. With anything. And so they, you know, kill them and go... Suppress them. Suppress them, go about these terrible ways of controlling... yeah those populations because it turns as is quite average those per the percentage of those populations is quite a bit larger than Mm -hmm. everyone else most of the time right anyway so exactly yeah um and i do i do think that i guess on like a different tangent but i do think that another another reason that they do something uh as far as like the like you know the government's just issuing you a job Mm -hmm. like in the giver and like different stories they do that a lot is Part of the reason that they're doing that is because most of these stories function in some way where because of Past problems, mm-hmm. we are scarce on certain resources. Right, there's always one or two really specific things that yeah. we don't have access to large quantities right. of.
1: Whether it be fresh water, water, it be food, uh, fuel of some yeah. sort
0: to like generate, like power your cities, yeah. like whatever there's it is. Something. There's always something. Exactly, and so they need to. There's always. Again, there's always, like, sort of forced work that's put out there so that people can, well, oh, well, you have to help because the world will cease to function as we know it if we don't have this one resource. And so everyone yeah. has to work together. Yeah. And again, not be individuals at all. Right. Everybody just has to function as a machine. Yep. And bring us more of this resource. We need more of it. We need more of it. And if we don't have it, everything will fall apart. Exactly. Everything. And so, again, more fear mongering <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's just, it's interesting, you know, like, we look at our own world and we see, you know, how people have regressed a little bit. Like, again, I don't know if this is propaganda from the media, but, you know, all this racism, all this, you know, talk of um, diversity and stuff, and you're just like, gosh, we've been reading these books for years and years and years, and, like, we still haven't learned. Like, the moral of all these stories is always, like you know, accept people who are different and, Mm -hmm. you know, we can all work together and there's something to learn from each other, you know, but no. I wonder if,
0: I wonder if those sorts of reasons, though, are why um, dystopian fiction is so popular in the, like, young adult sphere Mm. because it's like, you know, writers are putting these stories together and trying to teach, like, the younger
1: population, don't be this way. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because um, I was reading up on kind of the the thoughts around how dystopian fiction has evolved over time. Yeah. And originally, it was aimed at adults. Yes. Um, you know, the kind of the early fiction, like from the early 1900s even, yeah. you know. It was all about like, you know, how to be a better member of society and just, you know, kind of bear this in mind if you're being told to go to war and like all this, you know. Yeah. Um. But it's become a lot more
0: geared towards young adults. Very much. Very, very much. Very much. It is where, like, the vast majority, even, like, you know, when we were looking into adaptations that exist already of, of novels that have been turned into films or TV series or whatever you want to call it, so many of them are really your protagonist is a teenager. Yep. And they're going through teenage problems <laughs> at the same time. They're save the world. Yeah. And I guess... You know, we can't only blame Hunger Games for that. We also have to blame Harry Potter for that a little bit. True. Because you That you're...
1: falls more under fantasy, though. Yeah, no,
0: it does. But yeah. I'm thinking of, like, your whole chosen one right. thing. And your chosen one's usually a young person. They very rarely right. will be like, this 35-year-old's going <laughs> to save the world. <laughs> it's going to go with these
1: 16-year-olds to save the world. Yeah, know. that's it, exactly. And he's going <laughs> to fix everything. And yeah. you're like, no, because, no. of course, the
0: characters need to be just starting out and they need to have an arc where they're figuring out what the right thing to do is so they need that a little more so you have like your you have your hunger games you have your like maze runner Mm -hmm. kind of does stuff like this too like those sorts of stories where it's like this one person
1: what was the other one I was watching I don't know oh I am number four no is that it not yeah. I am number four. No, the other one.
0: What are you thinking of right
1: now? <laughs> the one with, uh, what's her name, who was in The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, yeah. A oh. really cute
0: guy. Oh, man. Um, Hang on. Shoot.
1: What's it called? Hold,
0: please. <laughs> Everybody's going to be yelling at us so much. <laughs>
1: They're going to be like, it's this, it's this. What's it called? Divergent. Oh, thank That's you. That's it. Divergent, insurgent.
0: Yes, and whatever the last one's called, anyway,
1: <laughs> petulant, I don't know. <laughs>
0: petulant, oh, allegiant is what I'm allegiant. seeing here.
1: um, I think there were meant to be like four movies or something, I don't know. and they only made three or they only put three of them on Netflix or something. And I felt very like like there was something lacking at the end. <laughs> you like, felt very annoyed. Like, I'm like, I feel like there's some information missing here, yeah.
0: I think that part of the reason too, that it um, it exists like it exists so heavily, and is like uh, is like these tropes exist so heavily in like these young adult stories. Is also because I don't know people are I think young people reading them are interested in seeing something like a revolution, but told mm. from a young person's perspective right. of like a bunch of kids who rise up and help to fix the problems created by their predecessors. Yeah,
1: like, I don't think that that it's a wrong thing to gear it towards young adults because in some ways, like, we're showing them that they can contribute and make a meaningful change in society. Um, and, you know, it can be hard to be a young person, especially, you know, wondering, like, what should I do with my life? Like, Yeah, you I know, mean, it's
0: It's a good, um, it's a really good tactic for, a, like, a coming-of-age type yeah. of story because they're you know, dealing with the usual sort of emotions and everything that come along with being a certain age, and then you're tacking on to that, um, the fact that they live in this society that they don't want to be in and are trying to find a way to fix it and overcome it. It's sort of like they're overcoming their own stuff at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I find that, like, with that, um, a lot of the newer dystopian fiction, it has this element of, like of, like, taking action and coming up with a solution towards a better world. Whereas, like, if you read, like, older dystopian fiction, it's very much like, this is shit. This is how bad, yeah. it is. and it's still really bad at oh, the end of yeah. the book, you know. It's yeah, just the, like, like wait, what about what's the rest of it? You like know? honestly, like
0: a person's tried to do something, and like maybe they've made a bit of a dent, but like either they've been they're stuck <laughs> and they're still yeah, or, yeah they're stuck and they're still working on it, or they've died, yeah, or they've been put in prison or something, and yeah. they're like oh, but, but we have like, put an huh. idea out there to people, and you're like that's it, oh <laughs> that's god,
1: it. that's it. But um, like you know, Hunger Games, um, Divergent, like all this they. I don't even know if Divergent falls is dystopian. I guess, it kind, of I guess it kind of does. Yeah. Um. But there's really this element of, we figured out that this is shit. So now what? Like, yes, what do yeah. we do to make it better? Um. And I think that that's part of this evolution is that um, newer dystopian fiction covers like more in depth social issues uh-huh. and like environmental issues as well. So yes. you know the dystopia was created. And now these are like the serious repercussions that are coming out of it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that it does make sense because that speaks to real world issues of yeah. climate change yeah. and problems that have been created because of the world just not caring or paying attention to what it's doing. And so now, you know, there is a younger generation who is fighting to help fix that or at least help regulate that to a certain extent and push back against the idea of like big oil and you know like problems like this that exist that they're like oh god like we hey we've really fucked up the planet and we shouldn't be doing this anymore well i
1: think it's like this element of like social responsibility yeah and
0: taking accountability for actions of previous generations basically
1: pretty much and like you know if if a dystopia has been set up or you know, dictatorship or something, like, again, you see it in the Hunger Games, it's like, okay, it's great for some people, but it's not great for everybody, and then also, what about the planet, like, what are we actually doing?
0: Yeah, that's it, and I guess we've, yeah, we have gotten, that's it, we've gotten into more of, like, the social issues, Um, although, you know, even in those stories... it still still does stem from the government, like the Mm. dystopia itself. And I mean, like, I don't want to say North Korea, but at the same time... (laughs) Oh, who said that? uh, (laughs) But at the same time, like, if you look at things like this, these are real-world problems that still exist currently.
1: Did you know that um, there is a genre called cli-fi... Which is climate science fiction. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. There you go. That's its own thing. That doesn't surprise me because if you think
0: about it, a lot of these, a lot of stories like this kind of are those types of fiction. It's just that that's like their sub-sub-sub-genre. Yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's under like science fiction and then it's young adult and then it's specifically about like climate issues that have caused the dystopia to occur in the first place. Cli-fi. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Well, isn't, I mean, in Chaos Walking, that was part of the issue, right? As they had done, something had happened to the planet that was messed up. Right. So they had gone to Earth 2 or whatever the heck they were calling yeah, it. Yeah, they
1: had to find a new planet. They had planet. to find a new
0: planet to inhabit more than, I don't, they're not very specific about it in the film and I haven't read the book but more often than not it's because like that's it because of climate issues and we were no longer as humans we were no longer able um able to inhabit a planet like in Wally. yeah <laughs> we had to leave because of all the fucking trash down there trash oh god <laughs> uh but it's true yeah right you know right. and they put forth these very real issues of hey What's going to happen a thousand years from now when we can't, you know, fit anything anywhere anymore, guys? Like, how is that going to work? How is that going to work? I don't know. We'll be dead by then. Thank God. Yeah, I'm not too sad about it. I'm not going to lie because it's not always going in the best direction, but it's okay. (laughs)
1: Anywho. Hopefully,
0: people are working towards solutions for this. And luckily, we are seeing more and more companies that are subsisting on... Um, you know, as nonprofits and stuff um, and building things like these wonderful sort of um, machines and stuff that have been put together that are like trash collectors for the ocean and all that kind of stuff. You know, all that kind of stuff. People actually care about that now and make donations towards things like that. And it is nice. And I think that those those are the positive aspects of things like social media where people can get that out there to a wide audience who will... In, in a lot of cases support them
1: yeah I think is <clears throat> I think it's interesting to look at um, the situation from that lens because if you look at like um, like you mentioned North Korea for Ugh. example I don't think that they're too fussed about climate change in North Korea probably not um, you know you look at other uh, there are regimes across the planet yes, that are yeah. still totalitarian you know many countries in our world today, could be classified as dystopian. Yep. If we went from North America, from Canada, we went and saw it, and we'd be like, oh my god. Whoa, what is this place? (laughs) And, um, you know, so a lot of the tropes, like, you know, making sure that there's religious control, um, there's technology control there's you know government control yep this actually exists in a lot of countries mm-hmm. still today and so when you think about climate change like that's not really on the top of their wee dockets to no get i figured don't think out.
0: i don't think they're particularly fussed about all of that no, they're, they're more focused on other things controlling
1: their populations and you know suppressing them basically yep. so so i think that you know that's the other kind of shocking thing is when you pull your mind out of an actual dystopian novel and mm-hmm. you look around, it's like, actually, there are some places in the world today that are still dystopian. Yeah, I watched,
0: my fiance and I watched, um, I think last year at some point, there's this docu-series on Netflix called Doc, Dark Tourist okay. that we had found, and this guy, basically like a British, I, I want to say comedian or something, anyway, had decided to travel to lots of different, very odd places um, that it turns out there is, you know, a market for and they call it like dark tourism because it's either like the sites of like, you know, like people who like to travel to like Chernobyl
1: to visit
0: and those sorts of things. And there was a particular... where he went to Turkmenistan which kind of does function as basically a dictatorship and he visited it and you can go and it's this large very beautiful city and there was I believe some sort of sporting event taking place or some sort of public event at a very large um, stadium that has been built there there are no people out on the streets there were no people out doing anything while he was there but all of the people were basically told, like, you will go to the stadium at this hour for this event, and you will cheer. And it's very... Oh, it was so bizarre. That's
1: so strange. It's
0: very odd. If you guys have the opportunity... Also, there there are some other places, too, that were weird to me. Like, as um, sort of, like, a voracious, like, true crime consumer, Mm. like somebody who's, like, read several books, watches a bunch of docuseries, listens to podcasts and stuff, there is an episode that involves um the tours that exist around like very famous serial killers particularly in the U.S. where you can like visit things and he also speaks to certain people who have like collected memorabilia and I'm like oh you've hit a line there that I feel is very strange to cross but people who want to collect like Ted Bundy shit like I have some questions for you yeah yeah
1: seriously like, I'd like what to is know what that you? is anyway
0: yeah. it was an interesting and fascinating series but that that what we were just talking about really reminded me of that portion of the episode where he did go to Turkmenistan mm. and it was bizarre yeah
1: to see it well uh yeah I mean it, it's I think a lot of writers like we have to remember that they pull from things that they've already yeah. read or yeah. seen or heard of
0: of course yeah you write you know writing what you know is not just something that people say right
1: um and so I think a lot of this dystopian fiction it's pulled from somewhere mm-hmm. from... and it
0: serves you know partially as a warning <clears throat> the majority of the time like hey if we keep going down this path look at where we're headed this everyone where we're going yeah are you all prepared for that because well, that's where it's going yep. uh, but hopefully by putting out I guess putting out this content, to a certain extent anyway, to a younger generation, maybe it, will, maybe it does inspire certain people to help try to make a change in the world.
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that The Hunger Games was good for that at least. Yes. You know, to say, like, what was it? Like, The Power of One can save millions or something. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah something, something like, like that. that. Um, I think that it's an important message to put out to young people. It is. Um, always looking for their place in the world and, you know, understanding that the smallest act can make a big change can make you know? a big
0: change you know and even if it's just you making small changes in your life um if enough people do that it can really help to impact impact the planet as a whole yeah exactly yeah
1: especially from an environmental standpoint
0: yeah Oh, dystopian fiction. I don't (laughs) love you, but you put some good ideas out into the world. It it, it does,
1: and it's good for discussion, for sure.
0: Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah, so um, that's pretty much it for us for Dystopian Month as a whole, but you guys can let us know what you think about all of these tropes, maybe you hate some of them, that's totally possible. I do find that some of the other ones that are kind of, especially in the young adult sphere that are added in where like that chosen one thing I always find is kind of annoying where it's like, oh, the one person who can fix everything and you're like, why? Why is it only
1: one person? (laughs) Yeah, that's it, it
0: doesn't really, like those sorts of things bother me. So, you know, you guys can let us know about all of your opinions about that um, over on Instagram at fullybookedca. You can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way And if you are still here with us, which I hope you are, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on rating. Thanks,
1: everyone.